That's great. <laughs> well, well played, well played, my man, well played. Dennis, another week, another another recording. Another How's, week. How, how was your week? How many fish did you, did you uh, catch? It was, uh, I, uh, I, have we talked since I uh, got a nice big one? Uh, well, no, I went. No, no, no. We recorded we late last, last week, week because you got... had to go fishing. Right. Did I send you the picture? Nope. You always say you're going huh. to, and then you never do. Well, no, 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 no. Let's not over dramatize. I don't always not do it. Occasionally, you're good for nothing, I don't. Dennis. And this is one. Yeah. Of I don't even think you went fishing. Fish. I think you were doing something else. Fish pick. I went on Monday, and it was bereft, except that I hooked into about a 12-inch young uh, trout called a shaker. We call them a shaker because you just shake them off the hook instead of netting them and all okay. that. Uh, but it was I didn't take a picture because I was so stupid. I wasn't quite sure what it was, and I threw it back anyway. And later I thought, well, what was it? And it might have been a young brown trout. Maybe when they're young, the colors aren't there, but I don't think that's true. My brother said maybe it's something called a bull trout, which I've never heard a of. A bull trout? But I don't know. I, I, I remember the picture of it. But, uh, uh, but anyway, I wasn't skunked because that's, that's fair to say. It's almost like an asterisk. But otherwise, I fished four hours and um, had, a, uh, had a brewski at the local pub. Nice. Shaker um, and a brewski. And... Uh, Headed home. I was home by. I went, took a hot tub and a shower. I was home from all that by six. I left at seven in the morning. My rule is, I is, is whatever my driving time is, I have to fish. I need to fish at least that long. Huh. So I leave the truck at, you know, eleven o'clock. Then I know that come three o'clock. Number one, I fished at least as long as I'm driving. And number two, if I'm tired, that's plenty. Uh huh. You know, because uh, you're you're not just walking a mile; you're walking a mile with your knee deep and sometimes waist deep in water. Right. So that's challenging it's not walking. Like a stroll in the park, so to yes. speak. I didn't fall in this time, so that was a big plus. I I recalled the uh, double dip from the week before, yes. which was twice I went down enough to to and, and to was gurgling and spitting out water. It's always and the fish were like, hey. It's always funny when you know you. It's so sudden when this happens. You don't know. It just happens. It's done. It's not like you slowly fall in the water. Although sometimes you do because you slowly lose your balance and you can't gain it. But when it's a fast trip, I mean, I was up in Alaska fishing at the bottom of this long uh, concrete channel of water that took the river from up higher in the mountainous area, and was the last. Uh, part of uh, that uh, steep uh, area where the river came down until it uh, straightened out and landed in Taku Bay, and so they wanted to control that water with no erosion. They put a concrete, right. huge, sixty, you know, forty yard long, and at the bottom of it, of course, from all that water churning, there was a hole that the water had dug that was about thirty feet deep, and about. Uh, 40 feet uh, wide and uh, in that uh, uh, mess of water which is a big deep pool of water there was a glob a school of fish all uh, six seven pound hunchback salmon hunchback Um, they don't have any posture yeah well uh, they do the best they can (laughs) it's not nice to make fun of them um and of course, as I threw into the 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 monster round, perfectly round, yes, uh, a ball of fish. If I threw into him, I snagged into a fish and had to bring him in in the belly, and you don't want right. to do that. And so, by almost by, I was trying to fish over the top of him, and almost by accident, I fished off to the side of this big twenty-foot long ball of right. fish, and a fast fish darted out from the web and took my bait and ran with it and bam fish i did that about 15 more times in an hour and a half again and again and the run the routine was get the fish 
got a little landing area where it's sandy and big rocks and little rocks, but you can walk around and would bring them in there, get them as close as I could with my arm way out long so I could, uh, you know, reach down and unhook the fish with a pair of, uh, uh, like, pliers I have that are this long, uh -huh. hemostats, okay. that are about this long. And before I took the hook off, while I had the fish firmly in place, I took a picture. Yep. And I did that about every time, and that was a routine. So one time I was in that stretch position, and the fish started flopping. And I had that funny thing that happens sometimes, like when you're chasing your hat, and it seems like the more you run toward it, the more you're causing it to roll. It's just, it's like you can't quite what get it. I was doing that, trying to get this big fish. I didn't want him to go back. In fact, he was foul hook, so I didn't want him to go back in the, in the water. Yeah. And suddenly, I was completely underwater. Oh, dear. My entire head, my eyes, I opened my eyes underwater, didn't breathe in, ball. and burst out of the water. You know, just as quick, ice cold water, just as quickly as I could. And I didn't know what had happened. Well, what had happened was... Boy, to see, my the, knee, my, to see the slow mo replay. My, my shin hurt. And sure enough, just before I landed in the water, there was a rock exactly the height of my shin. And as I was chasing the fish off to my right, I didn't notice the rock. I hit my shin on it hard, and of course it completely tripped me. I landed on a bigger rock that was chest high, or that was as big as my chest, a little lower than the rock I tripped on. That big rock was the cliff edge of that huge pool of water. And if I had walked in it and stepped two steps, I'd be over my head. It was a stark hole, right? right? And uh, what happened was the only thing that went in the water was my head. <laughs> Up to my neck, not my shoulders. I barely got wet, but I was completely underwater. I had no idea what happened. My first thought, my first flashing thought, was that somehow I was in this deep pool right. of water, of which I was. Right. But I, my whole body, I'd be floating and kicking, sinking, <laughs> trying to grab hold of the web of right. fish. I've never seen anything like this web of fish ever since. What a what a uh, slapstick comedy story. No, oh, I know it. I know it. And and I I I laughed. I was laughing out loud when I was shaking my head, right. you know. And I I may have even been speaking out loud to myself when I said this was that you know really objectively speaking, if there had been one more rock there, that was exactly the height of my right. head, I very well could have cracked my head open and died. Right. You know, because I was going fast enough that I, I had a I had a, a welt and a bleeding bruise on my yeah. knee. I wasn't moving slow when I hit, and I I, I said that would that would just be my luck that that I would die here. The tide was coming in, which meant that everywhere I was was going to be under twelve foot of water in less than an hour and, and a half. Never found. That's how fast the tide comes yeah. in. It's huge. No, I'd be found, but I'd be fine floating. And when they, when the, when the Coast Guard called my brothers and told them that they found me floating, uh, with you know, still had the pole wedged in my arm and there was a fish on it, that they would learn that it was foul hooked, <laughs> and it would, it would reduce their remorse uh, considerably, yeah. <laughs> considerably. Yeah, he, Dennis yeah, was a good, like Dennis him. was a good brother, but he never foul hooking fish. Fuck that! I was thinking it'd be it'd be oh, yeah. more funny if you were if the tide didn't if there wasn't a tide and you were found with only your head in the water, uh, you know, oh, drowned yeah. or whatever. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> well, that that uh, channel uh, that's called Gasino Channel is a channel that leads into Taku Bay, in Taku Bay in Juneau. Alaska, as you know, as you know yes. is uh, the uh, location of my uh, parents' untimely uh, yes. death by airplane. Um, and so in that same river, understanding now what you know about the rapidity of the tide coming in and the depth right. of it, 
you'll know I went to the very end of Juneau, which is a peninsula, and uh, and, and the road ends, and there's a, a, a area that at low tide is wide open gravel and some puddles, and you can walk right out to uh, what essentially becomes a river from the channel to Taku Bay, and it's not that wide. So I went on a very dry spot there, and I brought some stuff to commemorate my parents, and I had a little uh, a spiritual uh, connection uh-huh. with them because I hadn't been there since they, they passed. And I was very much into it, and I was reading this book called Alaska by James Michener, which is a must I You recommended that, and I, I, I read it. I think I finished it. It's a long book. It's hard to get through the first part of it because it's all the way back to geology and stuff. But it's yeah, I, I like the first. But there's part. a chapter in there. There's a chapter in there that is the um, the life of a salmon. Yes. And uh, millions of fingerlings, and then which one makes it? And my dad's nickname, because he was a, a conservative, I mean a conservationist, and he helped uh, put. Uh, coho salmon successfully into the New York State uh, Lake Erie, uh-huh. and he was part of that effort back in the 1980s. And his nickname was Coho Don, as a result of that. So I read this chapter uh, out loud in tribute to him. Nice. You know, because there I was. Salmon will be, would be, or will generally always be, right in that spot. So that was part of it, and I did this little. Indian circle thing that I do, blah, blah, blah. But what ended up happening was I became so self-possessed and, and connected with what I was doing. Oh, no, the I, tide came in. I uh, realized because of the sound of the rushing water that my little island was about to dis... It wasn't, it, wasn't a, it wasn't an area that you walked to anymore. It was now an island. And when I looked, and I, I noticed it from the noise of the water rushing into the low right. spots... And so the the island meant that between me and the shore, which was almost probably a hundred yards away. Oh crap! This wasn't a, this wasn't like I mean I walked out to this place to get as close sure. to where they were, yeah. right? I mean, close to the spot. As I gathered my shit and said, "Oh shit," and gathered it up and took my first step off the vastly becoming smaller and smaller island. I started slipping oh, no. in uh, uh, baseball-sized stones that were the basis of the island and basically just a riff of stones that could easily and was being moved by rushing water, and I couldn't catch my grip. Oh, and I started churning downhill until I only had on gym shoes and jeans. I was waist-deep, and it was getting deeper by the second and so I lunged forward, caught hold, had to do that three more times. And each time I did it, thought, I don't know for sure that I can do this. But by the third time, I was shallower and I could do it. And I got out. And it was so uh, 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 remarkable. It had me laughing out loud. And I think I said out loud, Thanks, Mom and Dad. I get it now. <laughs> what it was like in that cold water. Wow. <laughs> you Damn. know, uh, but my dad survived it, as you know. I mean, they uh, they he saved a saved a woman from South a Guatemalan woman and held her. She didn't have a life preserver, so he saved her life, and they both uh, lived. Uh, he uh, uh, she lived uh, to tell the tale, and I corresponded with her in Spanish. Nice. I had a, a, a dude help me with that, and um, my dad uh, uh, got out of the water, and then the physician uh, for the for the for the, uh, the the boat, the big uh, vessel that they were traveling in, the big uh, vacation boat, he uh, was on the scene because there were other there were dead people everywhere. The crash had killed uh, seven uh, people, and several that um, fish him out of the water, and the fucking uh, physician. Uh, did what you never do is you take a man in a uh, fetal position that has uh, basically survived because he's managed to keep his heart warm and you stretch out his arms so the ice water in his arms rush to his heart and kill him damn and that's how he died and when I was there when I was there I went to the spot 
I was walking to the place where he rented the plane, got off the, the big boat, which, by the way, the name of the ship was the universe. Whoa. And got, was walking down to that spot where they came off, and I let, stopped in a spot and got shivers, stopped dead in the middle of this paved area, and even though it was warm, June-ish, um, I could see my breath. It was, I was suddenly ice cold and I was cold, and I said out loud, this is where he died. And in fact, when I checked the next day with the guy who was there, a guy who was there, he said, I was right. Wow. I was right. Um, anyway. Crazy story. Some, uh, that, yeah, how did I start all that joke about fucking salmon? Yeah, that, I learned an awful lot about canning salmon from that book. Like, there, there's, there's oh, yeah. 200 pages about how to can salmon. Yeah, and the, the, the description of the factory and its location was always uh, fascinating to me. The thing about Alaska is that pretty much 100% of the time when you're outdoors... No matter where you're spinning at 360 degrees, you're saying fantastic stuff that you, unless you've been to Alaska before, you've never seen anything like it. And so when they describe, as they do here, this massive canning factory that was right on the river, of course, for easy egress and egress, um, I could picture it in a way because that, that, that view of a mighty river and wooded peninsula area where you could build a cannery, I've seen it. I've got pictures of it. Um, nice. I read, I read the book twice. I read the book twice. And it's, the ending is a little uh, interesting, too, uh, because it involves uh, hunting uh, uh, giant uh, goats, mountain goats. And they're very, very hard to see because they so perfectly blend in to the gray and the white of the mountain, the Rocky Mountains. And the whole time I was there, I did see one off in the distance. And uh, uh, it's to, to the cragginess, the steepness, the impossible, the impossible. Uh, yeah, mountain, mountain vertical fucking it, aliens. It's, yeah. It's impossible. It's just impossible to imagine. And even though I had binoculars, of course they weren't. I needed like big binoculars to, to get close to this. But uh, pretty remarkable place. It's having some difficulty now. The there was a, a order given by the uh, uh, conservation federal conservation agency um, to uh, put a certain salmon on endangered species list, which uh, when enacted or when implemented, whichever whichever stage they're in, would basically outlaw uh, one of the uh, oldest and biggest industries in Alaska, that of commercial salmon fishing, yep. um, which has suffered more and more and more because of global warming and, and overfishing. And in fact, it's hard to make a living anymore as a fisherman, let alone not be allowed to make a living anymore. Not making a living anymore for many is like, what's new? Right. I already can't. Yeah. You know, they drop off like flies. And uh, I've been, I've worked in that industry and I know it uh, well enough after months of, of, of doing the work. It's pretty fucking crazy. But the number of fish that we caught and the size of the schools were, were uh, stupendous. They were... They were beyond your imagination. I mean, imagine three 40 to 50 foot boats 40 miles out in the ocean, each about 250, 300 yards apart. So you've got a thousand yards, 10 football fields wide. You can always see your partner boats, right? So they're close enough, but you got a lot of lines out and they're big and the current changes. We all hit the same school of 10-pound salmon at the same time, and every one of the boats stopped its forward trajectory, and we all jerked, and people fell down on the deck. 
because every line we had in the water got a fish at exactly the same time, all three boats. Damn. And the depth of the lines were everywhere from 8 foot below the surface to 30 feet below the surface. Each boat had 24 lines and spoons on each side of the boat. We caught 48 fish all at the same time. <laughs> we caught between us 150 fish all at the same time. Radio started cackling. Oh, my God. Two men bringing in fish. We had to let the top line uh, or the bottom. We had to let top and bottom lines die on the because we couldn't bring them. You got these big gurneys, they're called, electronic yep. gurneys, that are slowly but surely bringing in the metal line that uh, the, goes out to a big weight. Yep. And at the bottom, at, at the very end of that, there are these two little uh, metal clips that in between you put a six-foot nylon line with a spoon at the uh -huh. end of it. And so you have the result of a steep angle with the weight on it and those... Uh, and the, and the uh, uh, yep. 20, uh, let's see... Uh, 18 lines 18 spoons and we had to let the top and bottom ones die because when you run the gurney you start to see the line first and then you see a fish at the end of it you ring that in with your hands the last 6-7 right. feet and with a hook a captain hook hook a gaffing hook it's called long it's all on a baseball it's a captain hook, hook. you gaff them you throw them in the gaff boat Usually, you if you're really good at it, you clean that fish before the next one comes no. up. No. I never got that good. Otherwise, you throw it on the deck to clean it later. But when you run the line up, you often catch fish, but here there's no empty hooks. When we brought it up and were winding lure after lure on the deck, which you could never, all on top yeah. of each other, you better not tangle. Uh-huh. Right? All right, and then when you throw them, and the, it's going the other way, you throw the lure out, and you make sure it goes the full six feet and it goes down in the water. This day, every time we put one of those lures in the water, every time, both sides, all three boats, another fish was immediately on it because we were putting that in the school. For an hour and a half, hour and a half, we kept running that line up and down, and every time we did, we had like 36 fish on. By the time we had, we had almost 200 fish spread out on our deck. We couldn't fit anymore. They would fall off the fucking edge, even though there's a right. railing. And we had to walk through them. Jesus. And all boats were like that. I got a dollar a fish because there were 10 pounds. The dude got 10. He got 10 bucks a fish, a buck a pound. I Sam got a is dollar. expensive, so like, that's a lot of money. Well, this was, this was 20, this was 30, 30, well, 40 yeah, years ago. Still, damn. That's probably why it's so expensive now. So, so the, then, then we were in the, in, the, in the mode. All right, so now we, I, not only had to gut all those fish, I had to pack them all in ice in the hold beneath the, beneath right. the deck. They all have to be packed a certain way. And I had to cook dinner, and then I got to go to bed. So I cleaned. The skipper, he doesn't fucking, he doesn't dirty himself cleaning fish. He's like on the radio talking. Like 500 He's figuring fish. out. 200. Okay. A couple hundred. And uh, so I did it. And what I would do is I would take the guts of the fish, and I would put them in, in these fiberglass, or not fiberglass, plastic buckets, five-gallon yeah. buckets completely full of guts and when there was time to dump it i'd get up stand up take a break and dump it off the side well dumping those guts in of course attracted sharks uh -huh. of such depth and such size that when i took my uh, uh incredible i'm lost on the ocean here's a bright light to let you know where i am flashlight yep. and shine it down into the ocean depths the gray water of the ocean I could see down 40 feet, and there were sharks in a spiral from the bottom of that to the top, and the biggest ones were half as big as my fucking boat, which was 40, 42 feet long. And I would drop that shit in Jump. there, and they would fucking go crazy, yes. 
And while I was doing that, my fucking skipper came out and shot a fucking gun. Or, or I think it was, did he shoot a gun? Or did he? No, he, I don't know. What he, he clapped his hands and grabbed me by the belt. He clapped my hands so that I would fall in and grab me Jesus. by the belt. And he said, you stupid fuck. You're dead. You fall in the water. Yeah, no kidding. Never did that again. I'll never, I'll never forget that image. It is as fresh in my mind as it happened. And in the image, I'm in the image. Right. Which is weird. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, and, of course, my skipper's there holding on to my belt. Are you supposed to um, keep the chum somewhere else or just not look over the edge? No, no, no. That's yeah, Well, I'm not sure about what you're supposed to do, and there's probably more rules now. But, no, I don't think so. What you want to save is the eggs. Uh-huh. And that was one of the reasons that I used the buckets, because I, if they had eggs, the eggs sell incredible amounts of Row. Um, You know, and so they were all packed. And in this case, the boat was full. We had to go home. There was nowhere else to pack ice, so we could fish a little, right. you know. Um, then when I would get to port, uh, I would have to unpack all of those and put them on a uh, kind of a, a, a gurney uh, uh, deal uh, and fill that up, and then they'd get carted away. And then I'd have to get a big reverse vacuum cleaner, big blower, that was as big as around as your arms, like a, a fucking medicine ball, uh, and uh, it would shoot out ice. Yes. So you would have to accordion that down into your hole. We we, we have those so in my in my fishing village. Uh, oh yeah, they, yeah, 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 they, yeah. Are you and, and in fact, I've 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 wondered about your fishing village because I have this. I I do sometimes put myself to sleep with the dream that I will be living in your town as a, as a fisherman. Yes. In a shanty yes. down by the sea, <laughs> I will. I, I have a sign outside that said, "We'll fish for food." <laughs> well, I'll. Uh, I've, I know just the shanty for you, so I'll make a down payment with our Patreon money. Yeah, get it for me. Uh, my wife will put up with almost anything. Not. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Good stories. So I got a big uh, I got a big night tonight. I put together a three man band. Yes. Got a little trio. Little trio. Good. Playing down at uh, O'Duffy's. Piano man Tom Duffield, and uh, guitar man Mike Mushinsky. Is the piano man related and, to uh, the name of the pub in any way? Dunfield. Oh, I Duff. Duffield is his name, and it's O'Duffy's. So no. Duff. But uh, he. Uh, I went on YouTube and he's recorded a lot of stuff there and uh, I recognized that three of the original artists who did the tune when they did it, blues yeah. tunes, uh, they they did it in the blues way, uh, but it had lyrics where he's just jamming on the piano and, and I learned that he interprets all blues tunes, well, many, many blues tunes, many blues tunes, into a boogie woogie. Okay which renders the potential for lyrics pretty difficult, if not impossible. Because when you're doing boogie-woogie, the whole part of it is that piano's going freewheeling. You don't, you don't need to worry about form. You don't, I mean, uh, you don't need to worry about uh, actual content. You don't need to worry that at this point you've got to do a change-up because somebody's going to sing something. Okay. You don't worry about you know, there's, there's, You just play it. And you can go in any million directions, slow, fast, jazz it up to it, thus, thus call the performance. Okay. But I tried, I, without, without luck, to try to sing what I know is the lyrics of this tune. I would go from the recording, the, you know, the artist, and learn it, learn it as well as I possibly could. And, of course, I'm prompted by the memory of the lyrics only because... What's being played prompts me. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The different sure. keys that are being played tell me what I'm, tell me how the lyrics, I, which I have in front of me and I know, uh, how they're going to be uh, resonate and uh, depicted in the in the uh, in in the vocalization. So you can't sing the boogie woogie. But when you when you go boogie woogie, there's nothing natural about that pace, nor does there need to be. 
and so I've had to scratch a couple of songs. I don't know anything um, about Boogie Woogie. Like... That is lyrics being written for the music. That's very different from taking a blues tune that goes, I'm back in the bar room, sitting with the boys and girls, and turning that into boogie. Well, and is the... Well, I'm back in the bar room. I'm back in the bar room. The girls and boys, it just... It, it what what a boogie piano does is it takes the uh, the um, the music the sheet music right. and in between the notes that are depicted in the blue sheet music it can do all sorts of things in the proper key to jazz all that right. up and the repetitive nature of blues. Yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson, sure. for example, who you could play five of his songs, uh, w learning them once because they're all the same right. guitar. Yeah. What's different is the lyrics and the sure. tune and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so because of that built-in repetitiveness in, in blues to begin with, boogie-woogie blues has got the same uh, characteristic. Um, and uh, plus... Unlike the blues tunes that have a, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, Boogie Woogie, because it doesn't have any lyrics to worry about or, or anything to worry about for that matter. No worries. Um, music. May, may go on. It can go on for minute. I've, I've, I've heard two, two minute, two minute, 23 second songs Boogie Woogied into six minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> I mean, right? Cause, and, and if you're doing lyrics, you either have a long, but is, a huge. Is uh, there a is there a structure, or is it a lot of it improvised? Such it's structured. So, it's so cool. when he plays the same song again the next night, it's if you had lyrics that went with how he's played it last night, you could sing them on the second night. If indeed uh, he does them uh, the same way, but one of the uh, characteristics of people that jam, yeah. Uh, and this is a very pleasing characteristic to them and the listening audience. They may never do it the same way twice. Exactly. That was my question. Right. And um, but then again, they might. If you've done the song for 15 years and you've recorded it the same way two or three times, muscle memory, rhythm right. memory takes over and you're likely to do that. Not to say that you can't think, you know, because of the. Uh, the feeling in the room right now I'm going to go I'm going to slow it down right. I'm going to slow down the boogie woogie and I'm going to change up into a bluesy part of it bring in a harmonica or, or lyrics you could change it to matter. woogie boogie and then <laughs> it's I'll tell you it's really difficult to figure it out the one that's the best and you can uh you can see this uh, easily uh, by uh, YouTubing, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Ray Charles uh, at the tune Mess Around, okay. and then uh, uh, put in uh, Mess Around by Tom Duffield, okay. D-U-F-F-I-E-L-D, and you can hear the two versions. When you are hearing Ray Charles, and the lyrics will be on the same page as, the, uh, as the, 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 what you're right. hearing generally, it's easy enough to sing right. to it because the, it is a it is a lyric lyrically structured song. Okay. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. The intro isn't that long. The center uh, 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 solo is not that long. The end isn't that long. Three minutes thirty six seconds. Whereas 
the Boogie Woogie version, no lyrics, I think is five minutes. Okay. And uh, you know they both have the same structure for the basic structure of the song. Right. Oh, no. And that means that even though he then extrapolates and goes in whatever direction he wants, because he's not constrained by any lyrics or any 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 formality. No rules, man. Um, no rules, man. You can hear at a certain part, but without any repetition, how the lyrics would fit. Don't I met Jenny in the Sometimes, but then, instead of a four-line verse, what he does, or what any piano player can do, is that they don't give you room for four lines. They don't go da 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 They don't do that. They do it twice, and then they start. Oh, you know, all over, yeah. and so you 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 can't, and and the the one the highly repetitive, you know, they do the mess around. Why, well, yeah, yeah, they do the mess around. Hey, everybody, everybody, everybody does a mess around. You can fit that in there in the boogie woogie several times if that's what you're comfortable <laughs> with, and I'm going to do that because, and I might be able to work in some other. But because he never does it with lyrics, ever, I'm not going to go in there and say, oh, uh, Mr. Talent for the Night, the guy whom without we have no band. Could you do this my way, please? Nah, no fucking way. And so it's about all I can do, but also I'll have uh, the right harp key and I'm bringing in my percussion uh, uh, instruments so that I've got a, a plenty yes. to do. But I did add a bunch of, of songs to sing, and I already sing a bunch of tunes with him, Summertime and uh, 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 Wintertime. Uh, I put a spell on you, which is a lot yes. of fun. I've talked about yes. this before. I, I recall. I've added, but the guitar player has brought a couple, uh, a nice blue stuff, so that's going to be fun. Nice. And uh, it's only a two hour gig. Thank God it's not three. Still, two hours is. Well, I, I guess if you're, yeah, if you, if everyone has their thing that they're bringing, uh, it can go by pretty quickly. Well, in this case, it's everybody had to self-rehearse because we had no uh, self-rehearse. We had no capability to get together to rehearse. I mean, and there's a snowstorm today. It was 70 yesterday. Temperature dropped 52 degrees last Damn. night, and uh, we woke up to snow. And I drove home uh, shortly uh, in a blizzard shortly a while ago in a blizzard wow. where it was dangerous and now the, the snow stopped the blizzard stops it's just gray and cold uh, it will be uh, uh, another another 40 degrees warmer in two days that's that's crazy we we finally have what is the proper winter weather here which is cold and rainy uh, for, yeah. for so weeks. cold uh, because like that's the way it so used to be. Uh, that's the way, you, you know, we people remember it being. But um, uh, I've got a couple stories. Uh, okay, uh, and remind remind me to get to the po- political desk. We had a primary. Yesterday. Yes, I I did know that. But let let me hear your let me hear your anecdote. Your first anecdote. So I I went I got an appointment with the local nurse today. Uh, because remember, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, uh, I had gone on this long hike with my kids up a mountain and you read my son's account of it. Uh, yes. In that we were doing this, uh, like walking on the slippery edges of the, of this, of this road with Uh, puddles in the middle, trying not to, trying not to, uh, to fall in. And one time I, I almost fell in, but I, but I, I stopped. I caught myself on the ground. Uh, and my hand went into a super prickly plant. Uh, and it hurt like hell. Uh, and, you know, I was able to pull out quite a few of the, of, of the things. Um, 
but you know, for the rest of the day, it sort of hurt, and I could sort of see some dots where some of them had like gone under my skin uh, yeah. and shit. Under the skin, and, yeah. And I, I reasoned, well, you know, skin grows from the inside out. Eventually, they're going to be pushed out of of the skin right after they're infected. Right. After they're infected, exactly. They so, with that, uh, with that idea, I I waited. Oh. They'll come out in a flesh of pus. <laughs> I waited a week. Uh, oh, you did! And, really? And, oh, I can't believe it! What and then I can't a, a pus putz. Uh, <laughs> and a sliver pus. And you, a sliver. Pus. Uh, it was fine, but then uh, they started hurting. Uh, Quite a bit. I imagine they would. Especially, I had one on the on my um, index finger. Yeah. Where is? Isn't it amazing how a little thing can destroy your functioning? Well, this is this is where I put all the weight when I'm chopping stuff with a knife. On mm. on this on the uh, on that part of my, right. my index finger, and so it had gotten bad, and I uh, and there was like six or seven little dots I could see, and. Yeah. So I was complaining about this, and my wife, the veterinarian, said, I can get those out for you. Uh, I just need to go to work tomorrow and bring back a, a needle, like the kind of needle. A hot needle. Well, no. Put it in a flame. No, no, no. The like the kind of needle. Purify. No, the kind of needle. We're not in the woods, Dennis. Uh, the, the, the kind of <laughs> Start a fire in your living room. A little bonfire. The, the kind of needle like for a syringe. Where it's 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 sharp, but there's a there's a hole in it for obviously for the injection, uh, and I, I said oh, maybe I might just go to the nurse, uh, and so I today I made I made an appointment and I went, and she pulled out one of these one of these needles and dug into the upper layer of my skin in, in several places, and there were you know on my fingers where I have uh, relative calluses, uh, it didn't hurt at all like. You know how you know you can put a, a pin through your through the upper part of your finger and it, it stays there, but it doesn't really hurt. Have you ever done that trick? Uh, I imagine that's what you know people in your frame of mind do in their free we, time. However, we, we used to do that in not to. in middle school. Uh, you could put a thing and then you could like hold up your finger and you could. But I can imagine that the the very hard kind of bunion like thing in the edge of my large toe, I could put a, a pin through it without exactly any pain. exactly. So yes, I don't have anything like that in my hands. So. But. Uh, so anyway, uh, she dug around in there and and drew blood in several places. Uh, you can see some. some oh yeah, some I dots can see. There. Did she put a salve? Give you a, a ointment to put on it? Healing? No, ointment? she sprayed it with a disinfectant. Disinfectant and. Well, you should put a little. Uh, it's uh, it's typical. It's called a triple. Is it typical or topical? Trip. It's topical, <laughs> but it's called. Uh, fuck. It's called trip, uh, triple antibiotic. I mean it, and it it it, it increases the uh, time of healing demonstrably. Triple I use antibiotic. it for okay. I've never heard of that. Triple something <laughs> antibiotic uh, cream. Okay, I don't. Who knows if trip, that's available here and what the name would be? But uh, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's worldwide. It's international. <laughs> so uh, the, my other s story with my right hand. Uh, is over the weekend. Do we want to? Do we want to shut the audio off while you tell yeah. the story? Or? It's, no, it's it's it. It's safe for work, but it did interrupt my work. Uh, no, I over the weekend I was at my uh, sister-in-law's house where she doesn't have any um, any central heating, any radiators or anything. So what they have are is the, these gas stoves that that she that she sets up in various rooms. Anyway, with exhaust. Uh, no, pipes. no, it's just burning the butane right there in the room. Um, is that true? It's and it does it smell? Uh, it smells when you first turn it on, but then it doesn't when it's when it's on. We we wouldn't be allowed to do that in the U.S. No, I mean it's probably not healthy. Um, but anyway, I for some reason I had the thought. 
huh, I wonder if this is hot. And so <laughs> I, I put, I put my index and middle finger. Oh, cool. Have you seen that? Uh, did did what you dream the hell that? Was that? No. There's this there's this video feature on on Mac computers now that there's various like hand gestures you can do that uh, cause these animations to to happen. Isn't that, what? Isn't that wild? Did it just blow your mind? <laughs> no, it doesn't work for you. <laughs> anyway, I, That's, I, I, uh... I put these two fingers on it and immediately regretted it, obviously. Uh, and it hurt like hell. There was maybe a tiny bit of blistering, but not much. But the... And it hurt for a couple hours after that. But then I came back home and I started working and I went to unlock my computer with the uh, with the fingerprint oh. uh, biometric thing and it didn't, and it didn't work. work anymore because <laughs> it was because I burned off my fingerprint uh, I think it'll grow back and uh, and you know that that's what a lot of the old constant was that they used matches and burned off all their it makes sense fingerprints back you in know, the day you know I'm I'm planning my bank robbery for tomorrow so uh but that would leave a, a fingerprint uh, of some sorts. Yeah, but it's not, it's not the one that's in the be... database, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, it reminds me when I, when I took my mother-in-law one time to, uh, to renew her national identity card. And when you do that, they take your fingerprints. Uh, but they, the, the machine that was scanning for her fingerprint never worked because she had over a career of being basically a janitor had used so many uh, cleaning chemicals with her bare hands uh, that she no longer she no up. longer has fingerprints uh, well speaking of uh, moving from fingerprints to crime yes what's the story with the dead murdered Russian in Spain man whoa I didn't hear about this the pilot oh the Russian pilot was found bullet ridden in España. Really? Yeah. I had not heard of this. Oh Lord, this was uh, a week ago. He was uh, he was uh, suspected of a defection. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, a Russian helicopter pilot who defected to Ukraine found dead in Spain. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, where in Spain, I wonder. I did not learn about this. City. What? It was this urban area. Yeah, well. If I recall. Huh. I did not know about this. So, basically I'm saying I didn't do it. But, that's crazy. Huh. Nope, no, no idea. Madrid, looks like. Yeah, so don't, you know, don't go against Putin if you're Russian. You know? <laughs> if, you're, if you're in yeah, a hurry. I would say, you, you know, the story of the, the uh, uh, what's his name, um, Nat Vanya. I, I bet you I've got, I bet you I'm losing a letter in there, the, the, um, uh, 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 advocate for uh, free rights that was imprisoned yeah. up in the gulag yeah. and turned up dead. Nelvani. Nelvani. Or maybe Nelvani. Alexi. Um, Probably. And uh, the, the official report came out today. Na- it said process. that earlier that day that he died, he was walking around the penal colony and felt ill. Uh, a little later, he suddenly died. Of natural causes. Yeah. Naturally, you die if a bullet goes through your fucking head. <laughs> anyway, they've, I, I can't imagine they'll be releasing the body anytime soon, unless they would do so in pieces, missing his head. Right. Good Lord. And all the, you know, the politics here in the U.S. is such that Ukraine is starting to lose territory. 
Um, Russia picked up a lot of uh, 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 territory they otherwise would not have been able to get except for the thinning munitions of the Ukrainian uh, army. Uh-huh. Uh, and at this point, even though Europe has put in the $60 billion that they promised, matched by our $60 billion, not delivered, um, they're, they're, it's deteriorating. And um, he's already um, mentioning um, issues relative to the Polish border and other borders. Yeah, they're not going to stop. If they get Ukraine, they're not going to stop. Why would yeah. he? Why would he? He's old school. He wants to go back to the freaking, you know, Soviet Union. Um, and that's on us. And the uh, uh, House with their replacement for uh, McCarthy, who got voted out by the rule he allowed, which was <laughs> I can be ousted at the motion of only one member. <laughs> so he was ousted. Big surprise. Johnson's in, and he's told out loud by people on an interview that if he brings up Ukraine aid, that he will be moved to ouster. So he'd be out of a job. He met with the top uh, leaders of uh, the United States government, uh, Joseph Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, the head of defense, uh, minority leader of the House, uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, He is a majority leader in the House. Senate Majority Leader Schumer, Senate Minority Leader fucking uh, otherwise known as Tuttle the Turtle. <laughs> What's his ass? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, McConnell. And they all, reportedly, they all ganged up on Johnson. All ganged up on Johnson. And it was such a stark uh, uh, divide and even though they all agreed that they were going to all, you know, report that there were positive wow, discussions. they agreed on something. McConnell went out. McConnell went out and didn't stand with Johnson. He made Johnson talk by himself. McConnell's pissed about the whole fucking thing. Now, he said during this talk that, you know, they hope they overcome, you know, the challenges, blah, blah, blah. What he meant by challenges is the position of the uh, MAGA uh, coalition of six to eight uh-huh. in the House out of 400 who can stop any legislation because they tell Johnson, if you put this to the floor where Ukraine would receive 75% approval. But the small group say if you put it up for vote, which is the only way it can be approved, obviously, yeah. we will oust you. And so he won't do it. And he says months ago, I will only do it if you produce, uh, there's agreement on what we're going to do about the U.S. border of Mexico. We need to stop the flow of immigrants. So months ago, uh, McConnell and Schumer and uh, others devised the most conservative plan that's been produced by immigration uh, in the past 20 years. And the best bipartisan plan that's ever been produced, obviously, in those times, and pulled Biden toward more closure and elimination of the issue than he's ever been before, and some outrage by the progressive left, but not enough to to stop it. And they presented that. They were going to present that in the Senate. And Donald Trump called Mike Johnson and told Mike Johnson, don't you dare let that pass. I don't want this fixed when Biden is president. It'll help him in his election. When I get to be president, I'll fix it. Deal done. Deal closed. That asshole gets up and says, we can't do this aid thing unless we've got a real agreement on what we're going to do about the border. What he's just done is delivered countless minutes of ads Fucking politics. that now put the entire burden, the most currently the most important issue to the United States voting public that's gone up from 24 to 38 percent of the people are most concerned about it. They've now taken the issue and stripped it as something to use against the Democrats and instead will be fucking bludgeoned with it.
because now they own the problem. They refuse to do this, 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 this. Close the border. Boom, boom. Add more agents. Boom, boom. The unions who represent the workers on the border unanimously endorsed this Senate plan. The Wall Street Journal, the icon of conservatives, says this is the best plan that we've ever seen. It's the best plan that you'll ever get. And by the way, there's virtually nothing in this plan that we would expect would be achievable in a Trump administration. <laughs> and it died in the Senate. Fucking Congress. Died in the Senate. And, and, and so... Good news and bad news. Immigration continues to be a problem. This campaign, we get our primary yesterday. Yeah, let's right? go to the political desk. Because we have uh, we have two hundred uh, odd thousand uh, or million, I don't know, huge number of uh, of Arab speaking uh, people here in the United States in Dearborn, Michigan. It's the largest non Arab community. Of largest Arab Arab oh. residents, right? many of whom are Palestinian, all of whom are sympathetic to the Palestinian as fellow Arabs. They created a campaign called the non-commit, non-committed campaign that instead of Biden or instead of the doofus from Congress who's Wait, I thought running, it was uncommitted. Who, uh, uncommitted, I yes. should say. And then the, uh, the other, uh, Marianne Williamson, the spiritual guru who dropped out, she's still on the ballot. Uncommitted came in second with 13% of the voting public. The Democrats who voted, their number was only 60% of the number of Republicans. In other words, Republicans had 40% more people vote displaying enthusiasm for Trump. Right. But, and Nikki Haley, who got 27% of the vote, and did very well in urban centers. Yeah, my, my what I right? heard was uh, the uncommit was a way for that that a lot of Democrats could say, "Hey, Protest Joe, the what the fuck are you doing in, yeah. in Israel?" Uh, and exactly and without without right, a doubt. without really causing anything. And also a lot of the uh, and also. A thing Democrats did was vote for for Nikki because just to sort of scare Trump or whatever. Some some may have. I I can't imagine that would be a be a, a striking number. Um, but because yeah. yeah, well, yeah, like 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 we said our email uh, or like a, that article I, I sent you that uh, Nikki wants to stay in this to yes. be. The the one that said I told you show I told you so when uh, when Trump uh, loses or gets convicted or whatever uh, she wants to be the yeah. the, well, the other Republican. He didn't. That was my theory. His his that article said that she's doing it for next or yeah for the next time or, or for the next election. I uh, opine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I thought it, it had a much uh, earlier uh, potential uh, payoff. Well, listen, man, uh, I gotta go. I will. Uh, I will. Uh, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Something told me it was over when I saw you and her talking. Something deep down in my soul said, cry, boy, when I saw you and that girl walking around. Oh, I would rather, I would rather go blind, boy, than to see you. Walk away from me, child. Oh, you see, I love you so much that I don't want to watch you leave me. Most of all, I just don't, I just don't want to be free, no. 
sitting here thinking of your kiss and your warm embrace. Oh, oh, oh I'd rather be blind, boy, than to see you walk away, see you walk away from me. It's pretty sad. I'd rather go blind by Eddie James. I'm out, soldier. Soldier blue. Peace. Wow, that's the kind of talkative Dennis that I remember when I asked him to do this podcast with me. That's all for episode number 209. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 209. You can help support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. We would really, really appreciate that. See you next week.